Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Beyond the Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Pabuda, and on behalf of Alex and I, I would like to apologize that we went on a little bit of a hiatus there from putting out some some new episodes as we were dealing with a lot towards the end of the year last year. I had started a new business endeavor. I'd started a new job. Alex had moved out to LA and it, it had been tough for us to balance and, and find some time to to record some episodes as we were kind of adjusting to everything we had going on. So we were able to actually put together a few episodes over the last few weeks with some pretty cool guests that we're looking forward to sharing with you guys. And, you know, we expect to have a new episode at least once a week for the next few weeks and maybe sporadically after that, uh, it, as it's kind of tough with, with the time difference to record episodes. But, you know, we, we'll still be pushing to, to get some new content out there for you every, every now and then and keep dropping some new episodes. But with that being said, I would like to say that we have a pretty awesome guest for this uh, first episode back, Jordi Moya, who you might know from his, his roles in the movie Blow and also as the villain in the movie Bad Boys 2, opposite Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Uh, he's a world-renowned actor, artist, writer, and filmmaker. I um, mean, he's a pretty cool dude who lives right next to DJ Khaled, and he tells some pretty cool stories about that too. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Bruce, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the undisputed greatest podcast in the world, Beyond the Brand. So let's start early life. Um, You're born and raised in Spain. Um, Take us to what kind of led you to get into acting and and uh, I know art has obviously been just a big thing for you growing up. So wh- where did that stem from? I'm still trying to find the answer, to be honest. Because there are so many answers, you know, why, why I was uh, fascinated by movies. Uh, and I can give you like... But the most uh, honest answer would be, I really still don't know why I became an actor, you know? Of course, the fascination of movies. My father used to take us to to the movies four times a week Mm -hmm. uh, because it was the only way to keep me calm, I guess, you know, sitting on a chair. Mm -hmm. So the sizes of the faces in a screen, uh, it was something that really of a man or a woman it would be something that to me as a child uh, would create a big impact. The sizes of, the, of these faces on the screen. Right. And I guess unconsciously it came also other sides of myself, like the director, like the painter, because I, I didn't. And I, I, when I watch a movie, is that I'm, I'm watching everything. Uh, I'm watching the architecture of it. I'm watching the... Uh, the artistic uh, thing in it. I'm watching, I'm listening to the story. I'm listening to the music. Um, now, were you always like that or did it develop over time? I, I've been like this. I've been, a, a, I have to say, a, a very good observator mm-hmm. all my life since I was a kid mm-hmm. to a point that I would see, I would see things that nobody would see, you know, but they were there, you know, it's a gift. 
Yeah. And I would listen things that uh, nobody listens, you know. And, um, so I would take uh, photographs. I would take my motorbike or my bicycle and spend a whole Saturday taking photographs and then maybe doing some collage on Sundays. So I was not the typical kid, like, you know, that does the things that a kid does, you know. I was always, always, <laughs> because the education I had, to be very focused in, in, in construction of creativity. Mm -hmm. okay. And then, so at what point did it become something that you like actually pursued, like your love for movies and things came early on. So when did it actually become something that you really pursued? I know in the early nineties, you know, you really kind of got your, your big start in acting, but how early on before that, or is it just something you kind of fell into growing up? Because I know a lot of actors have told us it's just something that they've kind of fell into. Um, where they might not have even been necessarily planning for something like that just kind of came natural, as you're saying, and it just kind of happened. Yeah, no. Uh, during the weekends, as I say, my brother and me and uh, other two brothers, Felix and Horacio, Horacio, you know, we were kids with, um, with a lot of uh, imagination. So my brother bought a, a, a eight millimeters camera. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and we would spend all the weekends uh, doing movies, uh, movies, uh, uh, science fiction movies. Uh, and I guess I was the smallest of, of these four characters, the, the youngest one. So I guess they used me, you know, to be the actor. You know, like, okay, who's gonna be in front of the camera to do this? Mm -hmm. I mean, Jordi, he's, he's, the, he's the small one. So unconsciously, I would say, okay, I will do it. What do I have to do? And they would say, well, you, you have to move your face or you have to talk to the camera or you have to pretend you're doing an interview uh, watching at the camera. But I was 16 years old. Right. So really it started at a, at a very young age. And then, you know, uh, Felix bought a, a video camera, huge video camera. And then, you know, we, we could shoot uh, for hours and hours because we would put the tape and we would have uh, 120 minutes or 180 minutes. So then uh, we could uh, <laughs> explore more and more. Right. But, and, and, you know, then I, after all of this uh, familiar creativity, cinematic thing, of course, I, I knew I wanted to, I, I wanted to be part of, of this thing called movies. I don't know how. And, you know, I started studying and, and I started doing short movies for free. You know, I started being an extra, you know, and uh, little by little. Boom. Yeah. And then is that, I mean, like I've heard, obviously, a lot of people start that way where they start as an extra. Did you start making connections with people that way? And then that's how you kind of worked your way up to, you know, more prominent roles and things like that. Like, I believe I have it here, the first breakout role for you was uh, in 1992 that, and I might not be pronouncing this correct, correct but Hamon Hamon, mm -hmm. right? So how did you go from being an extra to, to that point, like to get into to a prominent role like that? Well, you know, when actors ask me, even when actors ask me, what is the, uh, what is the way? Mm -hmm. I don't find an answer either, you know. There is, there is not a way, you know. Things happen or they don't happen, you know. And I've seen tons and tons of actors handsome guys, intelligent, uh, they do sports, they have abilities and a lot of actresses that it's not, it's not working for whatever the reason is. So, you know, I suffer because I see them suffering. Actually, my nephew wants to be an actor and he's 20 years old. So, uh, 
the, the deep answer of this question, it's like, it, I always say it's in God's hands, you know, but uh, technically, you know, life works in, a, in, 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 in weird ways. I was supposed, I was being offered a movie in France, my first movie. The role was big, uh, but no, at that point I've been doing already TV and extra in theater for two years, but to make the little jump to Hamon Hamon, which is your question, I was, I was, I was uh, hired to play in this French movie, uh, summer of 1991. And, uh, you know, like my dream came true, a first feature movie, and I was 19 or 20 years old. So anyway, to make it short, I went to this uh, La Bourgogne, which is in the south of France, and I collapsed. I wasn't ready to be an actor in a feature film. Mm -hmm. So that was a big drama for me because, you know, somebody said, be careful what you dream because it will come true. Right. <laughs> Even if it's good or if it's bad. Yeah. And the, my dream came true. A feature film in France I had to do feedings in Paris, makeup tests, everything. Then I went back to Barcelona and then the day before starting shooting, I collapsed. I couldn't sleep the whole night. And I had to talk to the director. I said, I can't, I'm not ready. So they said, uh, but you have a contract sign. I said, I know, I know everything, but I, I can't. I don't know how to, I don't know which tells me that is a decision of a real actor, mm -hmm. you know, of, a, of somebody that wants to be a real actor. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, mm, I find some kind of, of, of miscommunication when, when an actor has everything so, so clear mm -hmm. and when he's so determined. I think a real actor or a real artist uh, always finds a field of, hold on, you hear me even? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I lost your video. Because, yeah, because I'm, I'm having a phone call. Um, I couldn't make this French movie. So I went back to Barcelona. It was one of the worst summers in my life, 1991. A good friend of mine died. Uh, and uh, I was just miserable, you know. And then these people came with this movie called Hamon Hamon. I went to the audition. <laughs> and I remember they said to me, what's your name? And I said, uh, Jordi, Jordi Moya. And then they were like, Tons of, of, of papers, you know, with names of actors. And I said, but how many people are auditioning for this role? And they said, no, but this is nothing. This is only Barcelona. Then we have Madrid. Then we have another city. So I said, so how many actors are applying for this role? And the, the, the lady said, you don't want to know, but it's around 300 people mm -hmm. for one role. One role, yeah. So anyway, it happened. Yeah. And so now... You mentioned the thing in France that that kind of helped. Was it almost like that that failure or that setback or you, that self realization? Did that kind of help you in the next step for you? Like you were yeah. missing for a little while, but it helped you in that next step. I feel like a lot of people have to fail or or you have to in order to see success. You have to know the other side of it before you can move forward. It happened to me the same thing when I did blow. Yeah, big jump from Hamon Hamon to to blow, but I collapsed during blow. I collapsed. I totally collapsed. Uh, it was not easy for a 32 years old actor from Spain, you know, uh, having in front Mr. Johnny Depp. Yeah. In an American movie, not in my English and not in my language. And that, and that was your first American film, right? His first one yeah. in Hollywood, right? Yeah. 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 
So I was terrified. Basically, I was absolutely no joke. I was terrified to a point that uh, I did two auditions for that role uh, of, of Blow. And, and uh, the second time they called me, I tried to do it as bad as I could with a terrible English accent, like if I was just arrived from who knows where. Uh-huh. And Ted Demi in Paradise said, it's you. And I said, no, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm too scared. Yeah. But I was very, very, very lucky that Mr. Johnny Depp treat me as a friend that Ted Demi treat me as an older brother and that my uh, little sister Penelope Cruz also made me feel like it's okay Jordi because we were staying in the same hotel Penelope and me mm-hmm. so between these three uh, especially Johnny uh, you know I said the first thing I said to him I said hey man I'm, 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 I'm very nervous and I smoke cigarettes do you mind if I smoke a cigarette next to you and he showed me a bag like this full of tobacco because he rolls the <laughs> cigarette. And he showed me like out of the blue, this huge bag full of tobacco. And he said, me too. <laughs> and that, oof, I, I felt that Johnny would be a, 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 a colleague, you know, and not a big star that it's looking at me like, who the fuck is this yeah. Spanish actor? Yeah. And we became good friends and we painted together and he gave me paintings of him. I gave him painting. I mean, a real, a, a real love story. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then so from there, you know, now you're kind of realizing, like you said, you, you, you didn't think you were necessarily ready. You tried to even bomb it. You get on there. And then now take us to how the opportunity for, for bad boys come up a couple of years later. How did that opportunity come? Because that's, even, you know, you go from working, not even being in an American film to working with Johnny Depp, Penelope Cruz, and then you get another role with one of the, you know, one of the, biggest trilogies in the last 20 years. And now you have Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, and all these guys you're working with. So how, how did that happen? How did that jump from that go? And were you more comfortable going into that role now? Um, you're, I, I'm never comfortable on set. Mm-hmm. Comfortable is not the word. Uh, it, it, it's another kind of, uh, of, of feeling. But um, no, my, again, the biggest decisions I, I took in life in this career are based on, on uh, on uh, on fear, yeah, on fear, you know, like fuck. So to make it short again, uh, we shot Blow in two thousand, and then the movie came out. I had to go to the to the red carpet. I remember a, a coke just falling in my in my suit one minute before I was entering the red carpet because I was very nervous and I I throw all the Coca Cola in my suit because I was in a limo and then the limo jumped and then all the Coca-Cola went in my, anyway, my manager at that time. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Anyway, I, I did this thing and then Blow came out and Blow didn't have the effect uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Blow became a classy with time, like a good red wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year and a half later, uh, you know, they, 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 they talked to me about this Bad Boys movie. And I, to be honest, I haven't seen the, I didn't see this first one. I've I, I heard something, you know, 
the director, yeah, but the guy who did Armageddon and da 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 da, with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, of course. So I was in Madrid and uh, they, they asked me, can you put yourself on tape? And I said, uh, yeah, of course. Somebody helped me with a line. I rented a hotel room. And normally when I do auditions, it's not that I get dressed like the character would be. Mm-hmm. You know, the director and the casting director need to have uh, an amount of imagination just to see, to see this actor, how he talks, how he moves, his energy. But that day, I don't know why, I bought a little cigar and I put a suit on and my hair was a little bit long. So anyway, I did this scene not knowing anything else. And then they said that they are going to send you the script because Michael doesn't want anybody to read uh, his script. So anyway, the offer came in. It was a, it was a terrible offer. And, uh, and I said, no, 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 it's not going to happen. I have to be strong, you know, I have to be strong. On you this know, one, you, but, know, you have to know your value too. At the end of the day, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, hmm, not easy to deal with uh, Sony uh, and yeah. uh, a New Line and Disney and etc. But anyway, we got to a point contractually that I was satisfied. They sent me the script, and then the decision had to be made. Mm-hmm. I was alone, like normally happens. Even the decision when you take a decision, you are very, very alone and lonely because it's you and only you that on September 21st at 7 a.m. you have to be somewhere in the world and nobody else is going to be there except you mm-hmm. based on the decision you took. So I was there in, in my house in Spain and uh, I thought, Jordi, you were super scared to do blow. But you did it. And Blow was a small movie compared to Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys was a monster of a movie in all senses. And with, with all, in all senses. So I, I said, let's do some kind of a psychological treatment, uh, of, of shock treatment, Jordi. Yeah. You were very scared because you were doing a movie called Blow that the budget was big, blah, 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 blah. This, Jordi, is like a million times bigger. And I said, yes. If I am able to go through this monster called Bad Boys 2, I'm going to be able to do a lot of things. Yeah. So it was like a treatment of shock against me, you know, and then I did it. And uh, people were, again, very nice with me. Will was very nice, making jokes. Uh, easy guy, nice guy, very smart. Michael Bay was screaming all day long. But uh, he really appreciated my work. I mean, he used to say my name. Jordi, move to the right. Jordi, Michael doesn't, doesn't remember any name. Yeah. Michael is just you, 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 you. Actually, I saw him one week ago here in Miami, and there is a good connection. So anyway, that, that was, that was the, the medicine to fear, mm-hmm. to, to go through it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and kind of take me, you mentioned it briefly, but take me through that process of, of you know, you said Will was great. How was Martin Lawrence? How were, how were all these, was it similar to your experience with Johnny or did it have different, you know, different in different ways? How was your experience with them, working with them? I mean, Johnny is a guy that, the way he speaks, just the way he speaks, I used to ask him, are you really American? <laughs> and he would say, what are you talking about? I don't understand. We said, yes, because you sound like if you were from Yugoslavia. 
you don't have an American accent. I don't hear you as an American, you know. Oh, what do you mean? This was not planned. Things like that. So for me, Johnny was like a very, very European soul. Mm-hmm. And he has a house in France. He has a castle in, in North France. He, he used to live in London. Of course, he's European. He's a guy out of, out of place. The story of Johnny is that it's a guy out of place, but in the, right in the middle of the, of, of the action. <laughs> what a contradiction. Yeah. Will and Martin were more like what we can uh, understand by what a real movie star is. Right. Because Will uh, was a huge movie star when we did the Bad Boys, and Johnny was very known, but he was not still Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. He was the king of independent cinema in the United States and in Europe, working with Polanski, working with Kusturica, you know, taking projects that they are risky with Terry Gilliam, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, Will and, and, and Martin were like, okay, now I'm meeting CAA and William Morris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, but again, you know, it's not about the size of the building. It's about what it's inside the building. And then after that, uh, Gabrielle Union has, which I'm sure you've heard before, has labeled you as the, com- the Tom Cruise of Spain. What, what did that mean to you hearing that from her? I know she wasn't totally big, as big as she is now, but you know, what did that mean when you heard, when you heard that? I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that, to be honest. But one of the nicest compliments an, an actress gave me, if not the, 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 the most nice compliment an actress gave me in my career, you know, I was walking around with this white suit of Johnny Tapia, walking around on set here in Miami or in Puerto Rico. And I was, I, I was with my coffee, my cigarette, uh, dressed in white, you know. So I remember uh, one day I, I sit down with her, we were just having lunch and she looked at me and, <laughs> and she said, you are the walk. <laughs> And I said, sorry, Gabriel. And she said, you are the walk. And I said, oh, wow, what a beautiful compliment, Gabriel. And she's a, a fantastic girl, super available, you know. Uh, yeah, and I'm very happy that she went, you know, up, 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 um, that she married this, this sportsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she, we had a very nice connection also. Nice, nice. And then so... After acting, I mean, you also got into directing, filmmaking, kind of take me through that and, and, and what that was like kind of from the other side, not so much as acting, but being on the other side of things. Yeah, even everything happened at the same time, even if I didn't know it, because yeah. when I was 20, 26, no, 25, 24, 26, I... After Hamon Hamon, I wrote a script of a, a short movie. And then, you know, my father was in the, in the short movie. My brother was in the short movie. Mm-hmm. I hired a real boxer. I hired a real prostitute, <laughs> you know, and I did this short movie that it was, it had like in eight minutes, it had like, I'm not joking, 220 shots, mm-hmm. black and white. So, uh, and I produced it myself. Uh, uh, so, and then the same year I was hired to do another movie in France and th- this one I did. <laughs> yes. 
And I had so much time and I didn't know anybody in Paris. And as you know, Parisians are not the, the easiest and more social people uh, like in one second. It's, right. it's not like an American, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I was very lonely in this hotel room, very nice hotel room in a, in a neighborhood called Odeon. But I had a lot of time, so I decided to write a book and, and I decided to start painting. So in two years, I was acting, I was directing, I was writing a book and I was painting already. And I was singing opera, etc., etc. But I didn't realize that I was doing all these things at the same time. So it was a crucial couple of years for me in terms of expression, you know. And then I started doing video art. So everything happened very naturally and still happens naturally today. And then now I see on your Instagram, and as you've mentioned over some conversations we've, we've spoken about, you know, painting and, and actual, you know, art is, is really what you're into now. So how's that going? And, and, and kind of what are you, what's the direction you're looking to go there? Or um, kind of what's next for you as far as maybe even acting or movie making and the art? Like what, what's next for you there? And how do you balance the two? I feel like it's, it's a lot. But even if, I mean, I guess it is a passion for you too. You, you love doing all yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I used to say to, to the press, because, you know, there was a lot of, what are you, Jordi? Mm-hmm. Who are you? What are you? Because mm-hmm. I would push every, every, everything, the novels, the acting, the painting, the projects as a director. I would push everything and promote everything like if it was my real profession. <laughs> so they were a little bit like, who are you? What are you? I used to say to make jokes with the press that I was a supermarket. And then I changed this uh, answer over the years because, you know, reporters and journalists, they know already the answer because they study the last interview they did on you. So then they come with a question. You, you say that you're a supermarket. And then one day I changed the, the, the answer, said, no, I used to be a supermarket. Now I realize that I'm an amazing actor. So amazing that I can convince you that I'm a very decent painter. I like that. Yeah, and it works because I don't know. I, I, I really, I move differently when I'm painting. I'm another person. And then when I'm directing, I'm another person. Even the way I dressed, the perfumes I use, it's like, okay, today I'm going to paint. Okay, so this perfume or no perfume. Or today I'm going to write. Okay, I'm going I'm to clean my hair. I'm going to put a, you know, a jacket, nice jacket, because today I'm the writer. It's like I give myself the role, like, <laughs> but um, there are a lot of actors even and musicians that paint. Mm-hmm. And lately with this situation of pandemic, a lot of people started painting because, you know, my Instagram was on fire, you know? Yeah. I'm not very active because I think it's a moment of, of pause, of, of a little pause, even if I didn't stop painting this year and doing events also. But a lot of people paint, and it's an extraordinary thing. I mean, Johnny paints, Benicio del Toro paints, Marilyn Manson paints, um, Bono from U2 paints, um, and so many others that I don't remember now. So there is this thing, uh, Jim Carrey, of course. <laughs> Jim Carrey, you know, I've seen the Marilyn Manson works. I've seen Johnny Depp's works. And I used to say, Johnny, let's do a fucking art show together called JJ. 
Yeah. You know, Johnny and Jordy, you know, two actors showing his intimacy because it's a very intimate action to, yeah. to, to paint. You're, you're alone. And yeah. Johnny does amazing paintings. And he has a great technique that I don't have, to be honest. You know, I'm more like crazy. He's very detailed. And Marilyn Manson has a very, like, like, like dark but sweet way of doing things. Benicio has more the roots of a Puerto Rican you know, based on earth and material. Uh, Jim Carrey's a mixture of, of design, technology, and architecture. So, have you, have you, Bono is more like a writing, writing guy thing, or very simple sketches. It reminds me of Basquiat and things like that. Have you so, had an opportunity to connect with all of them on their, their art, like individually? Or no, just only Johnny. Okay. I'm Benicio. I'm Benicio. Okay. With with Marilyn, yes, I, because Marilyn was very good friends with Johnny, so we would be together, you know, from time to time. But I would be very, very quiet, not uh, not asking for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so, would you say that this whole pandemic gave you a more time to focus on the art? Would you say that has been more of your focus that in writing, especially with everything? Because I know Hollywood and, and movies and everything kind of came to a complete halt for a while there. So, did, would you say mm. it gave you, uh, you know, a different look on all that? Give you more time to to pursue things like that? I painted a lot. I mean, if you see this house, it's it's full of paintings. <laughs> oh wow! It's full of paintings everywhere. Wow. Hold on, this is an special moment. There are paintings everywhere here. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I've been very active, and I've been writing also a marvelous script that I'm convinced is going to be a bomb a bomb that we need to listen and to hear. And uh, yeah, I've been doing, I didn't stop one second. Actually, this pause gave me, a, gave me the opportunity to be, you know, to produce a lot of things uh, on my own. Writing, I don't depend on anybody. Painting, I don't depend on anybody. Mm -hmm. and, and regarding movies, yeah, I, I've, I've been called for some projects, but I'm in a situation where the projects I like, they don't want me. Mm -hmm. And the projects I, I'm like, mm, they want me. Mm -hmm. So it's like trying to find the right girl in a discotheque, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you want to do, and you want to do something that fits too, right? Like, I, you know, I, I've heard a lot of actors say they, they, they're not just going to take a role to take it, especially, you know, it's going to be something that there's mutual interest in both, so. Um, yeah, I'm in that moment of my life and career after 30 years, you know, that it's like, okay, um, I'm going to try and if I, if, I don't, if I don't find it, I will wait. And thank God I have other sides. Now I'm launching a book. I became a publisher too. I don't know. So I'm very, very busy with other things because the problem with actors is that it's, it's, it's just actors is that when they don't work, they go crazy yeah. because they don't, they don't have another tool to and express I themselves. And I've seen that with a lot of actors that we've had on, on this podcast has been, you know, especially during the pandemic, was, they were going nuts because they, no, they had nothing else to do. They didn't even know what to do with themselves. So I totally But see there's that. always something to do. Yeah. There is yeah. always something to do. You can read. I was reading Shakespeare, you know. I'm, I used to read Shakespeare when I was 18. Mm -hmm. But I thought I'm going to buy a, a couple of good books, you know, and I'm going to read and... Yeah, there's always something to do. So actors uh, shouldn't uh, feel like mm, empty when they are not shooting, you know. You can always feed yourself going into exhibition or, or reading a book. Mm 
-hmm. or uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, one last question for you. I did see it on your Instagram, especially with your art. Uh, what was the collaboration with DJ Khaled there? I saw on your last couple of posts. Yeah, uh, no, Khaled is a neighbor. He lives very close <laughs> to you. And uh, it's funny because I'm a little bit out of the world even. Mm -hmm. So I went to, to, to promote a, a venue one night uh, here in Miami. And uh, there was this big guy. Huh? And the assistant I had at the time said, wow, you, know, you don't know who this guy is? And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Because I really don't know. I really didn't know. Yeah. He's like, did you call it? I'm like, who? Did you call it? I don't know, man. So anyway, he wanted to take a picture with me, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I should be the one asking for the picture. But it happened to me the same thing with uh, Usain Bolt. You know who's Usain yeah, Bolt? Yeah, the Olympian, yeah, the sprinter. Yeah. He wanted a picture with me. I took a picture with him. And then I asked somebody, who is this guy? <laughs> he said, who is this guy? He's the fastest man on earth. I said, what? Fuck. Anyway, so Khaled, you know, was there. We took a picture. Da, 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 and I, months passed. And then he said, I really like your art. Why don't you come to the house? I really like this painting you did about Pablo Escobar. And uh, I really want to have it. So I said, okay, we're neighbors. So, you know, I arrived there and by surprise, he said to me, do you mind if we do a little video for my next, uh, uh, my next song? Yeah. And I said, uh, uh, well, yes, but the painting is gonna cost more, motherfucker. <laughs> uh -huh. Because my face has a price. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he, he, he wanted to impress me with so much food and, and so many things. And I was like, take it easy, I'm, I'm easy, I'm easy. So anyway, I said to him, if you want to do this video for your song or whatever you want to do, do it now. Mm -hmm. What is it about? And he said, it's like, the, it's like the scene you have in Blow in the island with Johnny, da, 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 but you have to, to say certain things. Like, and I said, tell me right away because my memory is a little bit cuckoo. He said, you have to say, I'm, 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 I like Drake and you are an idiot. And I say, I like who? Drake. And I say, uh, excuse me, Khaled, what, what is Drake? <laughs> and he goes like, what? What are you talking about? He say, yes, yes, this day. I have to say something about Drake, you know? What, what is Drake, the meaning of the word? Drake is a, is a pop star. And I say, ah, well, I have no idea either, so. <laughs> So anyway, we, we shot this, this little thing and then he launched this, this uh, massive uh, hit uh, that I, I don't even remember how it goes, but, uh, but yeah, That's that was awesome. the collaboration, you know. That is awesome, yeah. I was, he was a painting and I was in his video. Yeah, I saw because I saw it on your Instagram. I was like, wow, that's interesting. But no, that's, that's incredible. Um, all right, cool, man. I, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and I'm sorry for the delay. The oh, delay no, I, I know, I know, you know, especially with the New York and get hectic, but I really appreciate the time. And, you know, I'm a big fan. Bad Boy is one of my favorite movies ever. So, I, you know, this has been, you know, it's just cool to, you know, sit here and talk to you. But um, I really appreciate it. I'll let you know when we get this thing up. Um, okay. Yeah, send me a link because I've never done this. This is the first time I do it. Send yeah. me a link. We're right now, nice right now, I usually have my co-host with me. He's actually out in LA. He's just, he's actually going to be an extra in some movie. He was, he just went down to Atlanta to film something and then, um 
I am filming with a few more people and then we're going to probably just, you know, start releasing them weekly again. Um, we haven't released one in a few weeks, but we're probably going to get back into it. So I'll let you know once it's up and I'll, you know, I'll shoot you a message and give you the link and everything. But um, I really appreciate Jordy and uh, wish you the best of luck moving forward with everything. Yeah, keep in touch even. Whatever I can do to help you, I'll be here. Absolutely, will do. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Bye, you too. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.